Watches podcast. On this week's episode, we have Brett Williams on from Albany Watch Co. And we're here to discuss with Brett about Albany's newest release, The Ama Diver. Welcome everybody to episode 42 of the Whiskey and Watches podcast, episode 42. Uh, Still can't believe we've made it this far. Uh, Closing in on a year. uh, That's been a lot of fun so far. And we have today with us a guest. As you've probably read from the title, we have Brett Williams from the Albany Watch Company. So Brett, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. You are are our first guest from the Southern Hemisphere. Really? (laughs) Yes, 42 episodes (laughs) in. And yeah, first guest from the Southern Hemisphere. Wow, it's um I wish I could say it's sunny down here, but like as I told you earlier, it's like it it feels like winter at the moment. Yeah, no, you guys are you guys are coming out of winter going into you're in spring going into summer. We're got fall going into winter, so opposite uh, ends of the seasonal spectrum and then obviously the little bit of confusion with the the daylight savings gap that we have going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, cool, I'm ready for the podcast. Then, I, then there was no email notification, so I, I had to like check EST and I realized <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the guys who have a podcast about things that tell the time can't figure out daylight savings time and time changes, right? Like it's it's one of those things where you're like, wait, okay, so what what time is it there now? And you're on the others, okay, okay, all right. It's just just like a little funny, funny thing. Uh, but we got you. Uh, we're really excited. We've been able to spend some time uh, with one of your uh, review pieces, so we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, we always start with a wrist check and a drink check. So Brett, what are you drinking and what are you wearing? What am I wearing? Well, uh, uh, what am I drinking first? Let's, <laughs> um, I'm I'm drinking a Castle Light, which is a local beer, uh, and they they didn't have my favorite beer, which is Tafel, which is probably similar to something a lot cheaper, but I love it. Um, you know, <laughs> cheap and cheerful. So oh, yeah. what I'm what I'm wearing. Let me take it off so I can show you. This is an Amma, one of the Amma divers, but the. I cracked the bezel. Ooh. It had a sapphire crystal bezel, so I had an insert made, a stainless steel bezel yeah. insert. Oh, yeah. So that looks real good. That yeah. looks really good. <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> and then, I, you know, just for comparison, there's the original. Yeah. I mean, they the, both look good. That steel insert is, and there's no, there's no markings on it other than the pearl, right? There's just a little pip. Yeah. Well, it's actually, yeah. A, um, it's yeah, it's a. It's a, a drilled pip. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty slick. Um, and it's, I don't think it's totally centered. <laughs> I messed <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I like totally messed that up. Uh, but, but <laughs> you know, I was so excited to like, to, to put it in. But um, yeah, it's really, really cool. I'm, I'm digging it. So we do actually offer as a stretch goal, a stainless steel bezel with all the markings. Ooh. Yeah. Cool. So some people have definitely chosen those. Yeah, stainless steel bezel. I mean, I've got a a black bay with the steel bezel, and it just it it presents just like such a clean. I mean, I love yep. ceramic inserts. I love like awesome like dive watches. Like even the even the sapphire inserts too. Like because you can do a lot of stuff with the lumen. That's really cool. But that steel bezel, it's like wow, that's just such it's such a clean look. And the one that you've got without any markings on it, except the loom pit or the little pipet. Oh, that is. That's uh, that's neat. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's super utilitarian. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. All right. Spangler, what have you got for us? Well, I have got on um, 
our review piece in from our friends at Laurier, the Laurier Hydra, uh, which I just got done <laughs> photographing today. Um, so glad to be able to uh, check this one out for my time with it. Um, and what I'm drinking is just, you know, probably just the classic American beer, you know, the one you think of, you just you think of having a great time and maybe vomiting on the floor after a few. I don't really know. Um, but it's the only one that's, you know, is proud enough to say they won a blue ribbon. It's it's PBR. And of course, it's a 16 ounce. It's a tall boy. Because, you know, why not? Does it come in 12 ounce cans? I mean, I know it does, but like, it shouldn't. <laughs> they actually bottle it too i think i don't know why yeah they do it comes with yeah 12 ounce bottles um yeah i don't know if they come with 12 ounce cans it's a good question but uh yeah yeah and um i'm i'm toasting today because of the uh sad news about alex trebek that just happened about a uh, half an hour yeah. ago wait what so, Man, those, you didn't hear about oh, alex trebek uh jeopardy host jeopardy. passed away at eight did he yeah no ways cheers to alex trebek i mean even it's i know who he is yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. Those SNL sketches are, are pretty tough between Trebek and Connery in the last week. Oh, I mean, that's, yeah. those those were such classics. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I mean that's that's sad. I know he had the, the it was a, it was pancreatic, pancreatic cancer, correct? Yeah, yeah that's a tough one. Jeez. I'm trying that's to remember one. that um, that that sketch. Um, <laughs> I'll have uh, Yeah, I mean, I could do <laughs> I, could, I could do a Connery. So <laughs> and then Connery died as well. So yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. It just, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a sad week. Um, but yeah, so I'll go ahead and go next because I know Buzzy's got on another review piece. So I am drinking, uh, local to the state of Ohio, but not local to Cincinnati, a North High Brewing Company out of Columbus, um, Oktoberfest. But for the Oktoberfest, they read their logo and it says, of course, for Buzzy, uh, Nordenhoch, or however you would say that in German, because I know Buzzy is our resident oh, German. Yeah. It's, uh, it's good. Uh, haven't had it before. Uh, we were at the grocery store earlier and my wife picked it up for me. I was in the car, um, with the little ones. So she runs the errands while I stay and wrangle the kids in the car. Um, and then on my wrist, uh, since I have shuttled our review piece, uh, from, from Brett off to buzz so that he could check it out. I am wearing my, it, it was formerly our review piece. And then I acquired it. Um, our notice retrospect, the notice retrospect too, with the salmon dial. So I know, I know, Brett, I know you've been on long roads with uh, Wes and Cullen. They're a bunch of good guys, yeah. and they were actually the first ones to bring your company up. Um, I can't remember whether it was while we were recording or just while we were talking pre-recording. Um, but you know, it's it's I've been wearing it a lot this weekend. It's a, like I just I, it's one of those that I just grab it and I throw it on, and the dial always just I love it. And then the loom on the bezel, like a fully loomed bezel, more companies should be doing that. It's, it's a great idea. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan. So, um, absolutely love this piece. Um, so another, another micro brand, another former review piece. Um, so Buzzy, bring us home. All right. So we'll, we'll start off with the drinks. You know that I like to do something fun for our guests when I can. So in, in honor of Brett's dad, who's from Australia, I have an oil can of Foster's premium. Uh, <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Cheers. Cheers, my friend. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, I used to, uh, to get oil cans typically of the lager back in college to, to start the night with. So uh, it's like, it's more, more of like 
like uh, coming home to an old friend. I know it's more of an Australian <laughs> brand than a, a, a beer, but uh, <laughs> I brew it all over. But I just figured it would be kind of fun. All right. On my wrist is the Albany Watch Company's I'm a Diver. It's a uh, very slick skin diver style, uh, 40 millimeter, 48 lug to lug, um, you know, 12 and change tall. So it's a really comfortable uh, on the wrist. Uh, I know that we, we say that um, measurements don't always fully capture it, but it's just uh, supremely comfortable. Uh, the lugs are nice and low uh, too which uh, which causes it to, to drape on the wrist nice. It's uh, got the beads of rice bracelet on it right now, which is phenomenal. I, I, uh, I've always liked them, but I've always admired them from afar. I've never owned one uh, like that. And between that and um, the clasp is a you know, pretty traditional clasp with a bunch of micro adjust holes on it. Uh, you're gonna get the perfect fit. Uh, on a bracelet like that it's impossible not to uh, because you have such fine adjustment um yeah it's a it's a slick slick watch um when i when i look at the the range when you pull up uh kickstarter and you, you look at their their three different dial options uh, we've got the the bathist blue colorway in and uh kind of a, a nice still kind of deep uh, blue center transitions. That's like navy and black at the edges. But what's cool, what I really like is the fact that you're using a ton of turquoise uh, in there. You're using it on the, the minute track. Um, you're using it on the, uh, the minute hand. Uh, and then even like just the center part of the seconds hand, which is shaped like a, a harpoon, which is super cool. But then you even uh, pick it up uh, in the uh, bezel insert for the, the minute dots and a, a circle around the, uh, the loom pip at 12. And the fact that you, you've got that same hand set and, and kind of and uh, bezel insert and set up, you know, with your other two dial options, it's just it's really it's really fun in, in that regard. Uh, just really, really good to look at. Uh, I just, I think it's a, a pretty, pretty nifty watch. It's, it's comfortable. It's a looker and I, I would, uh, I would definitely check it out. I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about this later on, but just, <laughs> you know, the past hat around for the past day and it's, it's great. You know, good, good work, Brett. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's really good to hear. Thank you. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of thought that's gone into the watch, you know, more more thought than than people will realize. I think I think you know, you know, when you come up with something, people see a whole concept, but it's it's all the elements that go into it together. Um, but just um, you know, w uh, uh, when you were talking about the Laurier, I, <laughs> I had a bit of a kind of a fanboy thing going on. Yeah. <laughs> Because I've never seen one, you know, we don't get a lot of micro brands down here. And, and of course, being a brand owner, all, all my money goes into creating the brand. But I love that watch. Like, I think it's uh, from a, just a shout out to them from a, from a, a balance perspective and a design perspective. It's just beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And I love that they've kept the design language the same watch after watch. I think yeah. that's a really smart thing to do. 
Yeah. 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 And the yeah, notice, so... of course, the seven dials yeah. flaunts me. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Wes. <laughs> 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 yeah it, it, it is funny though when you when you guys talk about you know and i know you've gotten to know some of these some of these guys as, as you've been working on your project um it's uh we talked with wes about it you know it, it seems like it's a bit of a brotherhood of all the uh and i guess with with uh, lauren and lorenzo there's a couple of sisters that are involved as well but i mean you know it's a brotherhood of all the brand owners and they all kind of like know each other and shoot ideas off of each other and under, like it, it's it's really neat to see that even though you guys compete, I feel like there's so much room in the market. I mean, everybody seems to, it's it's almost tougher. It's almost as tough to buy some of the micro brands as it is some of the hard to get Rolex stainless steel models. Let's be honest. Like it's, mm. it's insane that there's demand and there's a fan base and there's people who understand what you all are trying to do and value it. And I think that's one of the really neat things with the micro brand watch space right now. Totally. Uh, I think, you know, um, Excuse me, it's the beer. Um, oh yeah, we're all having yeah, that. Like no, we're all having geez. that same problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's uh, you're right. It, I mean, we are all competing, you know, because we're businesses. But but there's no sense of like edging anyone out or um, or, or competing for someone else's customers or anything like that. I mean, I, we've we've just started on Kickstarter, but um, Wes, anytime I've needed any advice, Wes has always been like forthcoming. He he's like amazing to deal with. I don't know the Laurier guys. I'd love to um, actually reach out to them and have a chat to them. I know um, Sergio from Dorenzo, Ty from Coast Watches. He's launching um, this year, hopefully. He's also got a great brand. Um, and, I've, and I've spoken to like a few people and it just seems to be uh, like a really good community. That's mm -hmm. what I love about the micro brand world is the community of um, people who are interested in what you're doing as well as the brand owners is so strong, you know, it's, it's great. It's a great, it's a great community to be part of. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I feel like my watch is in very good company today. So yeah, <laughs> it is. And we'll get into a little bit, uh, probably a little bit more about the watch itself specifically here in a little bit, but, but tell us a little bit about the idea to start a watch brand. I, I will get into your background uh, of what you do for, for a living as well here in a little bit too, but you know, going from what you do for a living to deciding, Hey, I also want to work on this other project where I'm going to launch this brand. I've got this idea. How did you come to it and, and, and what started it? And then how did you come up with the, the name and all, all the, all the, the stuff that goes along with that? Cool. It's, yeah, it's a weird, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of been organic. Um, you know, the, the story is basically when I, when I was like 18, my dad had this a gold Omega Seamaster that he he gave to me. I, I begged him for it, but it was it was weird. It was too big for my wrist, so you know I wore it out and stuff. But I I didn't realize the significance of the watch. I was just partying and like, yeah, cool watch, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I went overseas like two years later, and I I'm pretty sure that my girlfriend at the time sold it. She took it and sold it. So um, I searched for years for that watch on various. Uh, online stores and stuff and I could never find it and then years later I sort of getting I started getting into like water watches and then pilot watches was a huge huge inspiration for me so I looked at a lot of pilot watches and obviously I I started with the like Parnass watches and, and stuff yeah. the really cheap stuff you know um, and worked my way up and I got to a point where I, I was got into the micro brand thing and I got into it from a design perspective I, I, I you're an engineer buzz but i like to 
I like to tinker. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm redoing my, my muscle car suspension. I've, you know, um, I've built my first motorcycle. I like to get hands on with that stuff. Um, so I wa- and I'm an artist as well. So I, I wanted to put all that into watches and it became really exciting for me to do that and to learn from other brands and stuff like that. Albany, uh, the watch was actually called a different name. And as I was going to prototype my samples, I registered and everything. I found a company had sprung up out of nowhere and used the same name. Uh, so <laughs> I had to like, change the name. And, and luckily I did because I, it became much more personal. My dad is from Albany, Australia. Um, the watch is, the brand is inspired by lesser known adventurers because I love the fact that everyday people can do exceptional things. We don't all have to be superheroes. You know, um, there are plenty of really interesting people that we've never heard of. So, you know, my dad is a very interesting, adventurous, rugged Australian guy. Uh, so all the stories from Albany, uh, it just became a no brainer to like use that as my inspiration, almost like an origin story for me. Yeah. Sorry, that was a bit of a ramble. No, that's, <laughs> oh, no, that's just, that's great though. Yeah. And, and plus that way, everybody, everybody from the upstate, it's not Albany, New York. Okay. Sorry, so guys. And Schenectady and all those, those places. <laughs> if you want, you can pretend, but it's, it's actually, we're talking great Australian bite, the Western end of it. That's the Albany. Yep. Big, great whites. <laughs> you know, like Boston Lager or way, Swan Lager. <laughs> that makes way more sense for a dive watch than Albany, yeah. New York. Absolutely. Way more. Way, that makes it way cooler than it's Albany, Australia. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, look, the, the the world my dad grew up in is the world of like if you've seen like the first Mad Max. That's how I like equate it. The kind of like crazy Australian landscape. That's sort of what it was like. There was very very few rules when he grew up, you know? Um, and, and he, he had like an incredible, a very, um, uh, you know, very low income, but extremely adventurous upbringing. You know, he had to like find, find adventure. And, um, I think it it just was like a fertile ground for that kind of stuff. So he actually left Australia and he was going to go to Egypt with his, his mate, uh, and they traveled all the way up to Namibia and then they took a, a yacht to someone got them to, to take a yacht to Cape town. And then the yacht ended up sinking on the way, <laughs> and, you know, uh, I mean like it's just like insane stuff. Yeah. So that's nuts. <laughs> yeah. So he, he eventually ended up in Cape town. Um, and he, and he ended up staying, he loved it. So yeah. Wow. That's nice. Yeah. And Cape, Cape town is actually a very, very outdoors adventurous place. So um, there's a lot of like mountain climbing and mountain biking and off-road uh, motorcycling, surfing, kite surfing. They have the Red Bull kite surfing um, competition here and all kinds of stuff. It's yeah, it just it's just like that. It's very very cool. And also, still great white sharks. No. Oh, not in Cape Town. No, the um, the killer whales, the orcas, have oh, chased them away. So so uh, oh. you know they. They pre they predate great whites. They I think they they hit them hard and then they turn them turn them upside down and put them into tonic immobility and then they eat their liver. Mm. I remember seeing that on on 
on Discovery Channel here recently, which yeah. is insane that they're that surgical. It's insane. <laughs> it is. It's literally a hole where their liver is. So we don't. For the last two years, we don't know where the great whites have gone. Um, I've seen one in the. They water. did used to be there, though. They did used yeah, to be yeah. there. Oh yeah. Okay. Loads. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all, loads. all of that. All that kind of like air jaws, shark week yeah. stuff you see. It all happens like about fifteen minutes away from me. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I've been bumped by one. I can't say for sure. Uh, while I, I was surfing alone, and I got bumped, and I I was really nervous, and I was sitting on my board, and I was like, you know, just fucking chill out, man. Calm down and catch a wave. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the water was really like leaden you know you couldn't see mm. in and then i just got hit from underneath and i fell onto my board and i looked behind me and the water was like moving away like that like Ooh. side to side and then there was just this flurry of water and it was gone and i was turned around and i was like fuck 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 and like, oh. <laughs> yeah. no that is the appropriate reaction yeah yeah because yes. there are a lot of sharks in where where i was surfing that's a, a, a normal beach in Cape Town. Um, and uh, people have, one guy lost his leg there. The next cove over, somebody lost his leg swimming. So they are there. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, that's, mm. uh, yeah. Wow. Um, puts, puts it in the perspective. I mean, I remember when I was growing up, people uh, that lived on uh, Lake Erie, which is a big inland sea, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, they were flipping out that zebra mussels were coming in, and oh, it's going to kill all the wildlife, right? Well, guess what? Zebra mussels uh, don't headbutt sharks and eat their livers, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so they've actually been gone for two years. They don't, they don't know where they've gone, but but they are they are around further up the coast. I'll send you a video that's a drone drone footage of one circling a lot of shark uh, surfers from a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really good time. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely nuts. So, um, but no, I mean, I guess back to, back to watches, it, it makes sense to, to kind of start with a diver. It seems like divers are really having a moment. Um, what, what got you to the design of like the skin diver case and, and kind of what's the inspiration for, for, for going that route first? Uh, I think, you know, like designing a case is really, it's quite for me. It's quite difficult because I don't want to copy what everyone else is doing, and I like the idea of a '60s skin diver. It's it's mm -hmm. iconic. It's an iconic case mm -hmm. shape. Sure. Um, so I, I did want to do something like that. I I, I had a, a nagging feeling that maybe a '60s skin diver case isn't everybody's cup of tea because people kind of like the familial um, like Rolex style and but um, I just. Yeah, I just started working on it, and um, and then I, it it was quite an organic process. I kind of got inspired by the Ama divers of Japan, and it fitted so well into the um, into what we want to do with the brand, the lesser known adventurers. Um, you know, the for me, I, I became obsessed with dive watches, like obsessed for a while, which is why I, I designed the first watch as a dive watch. Yeah. And especially vintage dive watches like the Groyan, I think it's the Ocean King, um, which has got an inverted bezel, which I oh, just yeah. love. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's funny you bring up the, the Gruen because that company for the longest time was actually headquartered in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, uh, it's just, it's, it's funny that, that uh, it, it, it's a, it's a weird like little connection. Um, and yeah, the, the ocean, the, oh man, that one, if you could find one of those now, um, they're, they're gorgeous watches. 
I think I found one on eBay actually when I was doing my uh, my Gruen searches. I love eBay, so like I'm always on there. And I think it was it was in really good condition, but I swear the price was like plus like eight thousand US dollars plus. Oh yeah. It was something unbelievable. Like I had no idea they could get that high. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're actually more now. Uh, wow, so really? like wow. a, a good a good condition one. Uh, no, no, no. Actually, uh, conversion rate eight thousand is probably about right. Yeah, but to find like one with where the loom hasn't kind of deteriorated completely mm. and is is impossible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was a shock. I didn't know Gruens could get that high, but yeah, the more you know. Yeah, the and it's interesting too because um, that uh, that that design instrument inspiration right the stadium style bezel right where it curves in i mean now you see the rado uh, captain cook and and a lot of others out there so it's the the albany yeah yeah, yeah. it's got a two, a two degree a two degree inversion it's, it, it's so funny how when you just that's just enough change it, it's just subtle enough it comes together because it, that that kind of mirrors the slight dome of the crystal. It, it just it works. It's uh, it's very cool. One of the other things that I really like about this case um, is the fact that those those end lengths. Number one, they, they meet the case very well. So good good work there. But the the way that cutout is on the case, it's nice and straight. So this thing's going to look mm-hmm. killer on on straps. And, mm-hmm. and uh and all of that and that, that's something that i didn't really notice until recently how there are just certain cases when, when they have those squared off end links like that they just they look so good with um with with straps so and on on your albany you've done us the uh the great favor of drilling out those lugs all lugs should be drilled <laughs> by the way at yeah. all you want. Drill every <laughs> lug. Drill, drill them all. They they are so they are so good. They are a a, a blessing and a joy forever to a, a watch enthusiast. Even <laughs> e- even the apocalypse now. Rolex has got drilled lugs. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We he Buzzy joked on our last episode that we recorded. He's like. Because we were talking about all these new watches that have these these really cool quick change bracelet systems and, and these the quick release lugs. He goes, he goes, these are all just solutions to the problem of a designer not wanting to drill a lug. He goes, we had this problem solved a long time ago. You could have just you could have just kept doing drilled lugs and you wouldn't have to deal with all this. But nope, we want a closed case. So all these fancy systems. <laughs> yeah, look, you know our our stra- our leather straps are coming with quick uh, quick release uh, spring bars. But it, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to not have a drilled lug because if you're wearing NATO strap, you've still got to deal with the with the um, your normal spring bars, you know. So yeah, mm-hmm. and not every leather strap you buy is going to have quick change spring bars. Right. So yeah, it's a no brainer for me. I mean, and I think it, it looks makes cool. Perfect sense. Oh yeah, I mean, it it, it adds for to the sure. like it it makes it feel like a dive watch. Like it's a it's yeah. a tool watch. You yes. should be able to change the strap out very easily with minimal, like it's meant to do that. And without having those holes, 
it's like, yeah, this is a dive watch, but like a designer got a hold of it. We know that you're not really, I, mean, I don't care that I'm not going to really be diving with it. I want to dive watch it. If I want to strap it on and go mow my lawn, I feel like I'm doing something that is, you know, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with people who are doing this to actually go diving. Come on. You're one of the <laughs> lesser known adventurers out there. Mowing yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm out there mowing my lawn. <laughs> it's not quite a meter it tall a yet, Brett, but it's, uh, close. it's a calling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, uh, you take the adventure where you can. An Australian snake that's gonna kill you, a garter snake that eats worms, but like there was a snake yeah. there one time. Exactly. <laughs> mm. so, yeah. Mm. So, so Brett, how so uh, tell tell our uh, listeners about uh, the the Ama and, and how, how did you come to know about them? Uh, to me this is a interesting backstory so um i actually can't remember how i found out about them um but when i found about i know that when i found out about them it was like incredible the ama divers are uh japanese pearl divers not only pearl divers they used to you know forage for their food by diving for two minutes at a time 30 feet down in freezing cold water twice a day uh and it's a tradition they've done for two thousand years so uh, you would have like young 12 year old girls all the way up and it's women only 12 year old girls all the way up until like 80 year old women diving for two minutes at a time. Just insane. Um, it's the, it's the world's oldest, uh, skin diving or free diving tradition. It's considered that, but, um, they, if you look at the case back, there's a rendition of, uh, uh, an engraving of a photograph by Iwase Yoshiyuki, who took photos of armor divers from his village in the 1940s and 50s. So they used to dive like naked. They, they wore a traditional loincloth and, and a headscarf. Uh, they had a basket and they had like a shuck that they'd, they'd tuck into their loincloth, but they dove naked because their skin dried faster than cloth. And it was only when the Europeans came to Japan and kind of were like, oh my God, naked people, <laughs> you know, that, that they started they started to, you know, put stuff on. And then the advent of wetsuits and things like that. But um, it's a really beautiful tradition. And I mean, it's so like, it's such a simple, beautiful tradition. And it's, uh, it's of course, it's dying out now because of modernization, you know. Um, People don't want to do that. They want to go and make money in the cities and, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I just think it's such a beautiful, a beautiful story. So I thought as a skin diver, whatever, whichever came first, the Amar or the skin diver, um, you know, the, it fits beautifully. It's, it's a great fit. Right. And, oh, and again, lesser known adventures right there. I mean, that that's a pretty yeah. spectacular thing to be doing um, going back to the, all, all those years and you know, it's funny. I can remember, I don't know if it was an, um, but um, we talked about it a little bit last week um, with Sean Connery passing away. Um, I've read most of the novels as well. I'm a bit of a James Bond nut. Um, so I've, I've read the novels and actually um, you only live twice. The movie, she lives in a fishing village, but in the, in the novel by Ian Fleming, she's actually a diver. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it was a pretty neat little connection there. I was I was wearing your watch last week when we talked about it. So um, it was pretty. Uh, it was a pretty. It was a pretty good little connection right there. Um, yeah, I know that. I yeah. know that story as well. It's great. It's like yeah. it's, it's very very cool, and it's kind of I suppose especially in the James Bond stuff. It's very exotic, you mm -hmm. know. This this practice 
it's very exotic. So um, yeah, I, I just you know I, I love the ocean and I felt a really strong connection to it. It's um, I've got friends who swim uh, without wetsuits. They do like cold water swimming, and it, I don't know how they do it. It's it's crazy. The water's like gets to eleven degrees here, so that's fifty. I think yeah. that's way too cold to be swimming. That's 59. <laughs> yeah. It's that's low, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like pools below 80, which I don't know what that is in, in Celsius, but like, it's a lot warmer than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I would say I, buzz brought up the point of the, of the lugs and the way it fits. I, I will say that I had, I was wearing the watch pretty much daily for the, for the first week, uh, since we got it last weekend. And it just, the, the way the bracelet fits into the case. And, and like Buzz said, I was one of those admirers from afar of, of beads of rice bracelets. Um, it's supremely comfortable. I, I, you know, having not owned one, it is one of the most comfortable styles of bracelet. And the fact that that your, your end link into the case fits better than my Seiko skin diver that I just picked up, which was <laughs> more expensive as like, I mean, it all just, it all fits. Um, and then I know some people will love the fact that it's a no date movement um, because, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. some people, some people will say, and I mean, realistically, we kind of joke that with COVID, a lot of people have wanted, Hey, I need a day date. So I actually remember what day it is, but I mean, it's just, it's a very clean design. Um, you know, the, and, it, and the fitment is great. Um, I know you guys are making a few changes to the production models. Do you want to tell us a little bit about, you know, some things that will be slightly tweaked? Sure. Absolutely. Um, we are going to upgrade the loom because when I received the prototypes, uh, I was not impressed with the, the grade of the loom. So we're upgrading to grade A, BWG9, uh, which is what the Notice use. I don't know if the, the Notice that you've got has the, has the new loom that they're using, the X1, but I know that that model sure. also has a, a grade A. So if you're saying it's great, I'm, I'm very happy with that. Uh, we're not doing any design changes to the watch. Um, there's, a, there's some, some kerning that we've done, which is the space between the lettering, just like you won't even notice it. But for us, it's just to, you know, for future models and stuff to get everything just right and whatnot. Um, that's about it. Oh, we're taking the drill lugs out. Yeah. <laughs> hey i was paying attention <laughs> i wanted to ask you what do you how do you find the um the bezel movement the bezel action oh go ahead buzz because i've got i i like i'm a big fan it is it is. I, I think I actually did. Like, if you can record it, Buzzy. It's. It's so. It's crunchy. There's no play. It hits every. Like it hits perfectly all the indices. It is. It is one of the best bezels I've. I've had, especially. For, especially given the price point on the Kickstarter. Like, holy fright. Um, yeah. It's. It's a really good bezel and very easy to grip and turn. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's nice. Uh, it's nice and grabby. Here, here's a little bit for everyone playing along at home. Riveting, riveting podcast. <laughs> but yeah, you know, when when I when I look at, at something like that, I, I look at, at alignment and you know, kudos, kudos there. Um, yeah, it's it's easy to, to grab, and uh, yeah, I I think it's a it's a good bezel. 
I just got to say, like, as you, you know, when you go into like watch production or when you go into designing a watch, you have to sift through a lot of factories um, because the quality differs from factory to factory. And I had produced prototypes. I've, I've produced three prototypes in, in the span of this watch. And the first two, the first one, the bezel was too chunky. That was my fault. So I had, I wanted to change the design to this thinner, um, this thinner edge. And when I got it, the, the lugs weren't drilled all the way through the, the bezel had like wheel, a weird, like rubbery feel, you know, with the action. Mm -hmm. And, and I ended up asking another brand owner if he could help me find a good factory. And geez, the guy he put me onto is, uh, is fantastic. Wes, Wes knows him and Wes also says he's like known as the best in the business. So I'm very, very lucky to have found him. Um, I, there's nothing on the watch that I can complain about mechanically. It's just, it's flawless. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I love think it. The, the, the one cool. question that I, that, that I, that, and it's a fantastic design choice and I think it's wholly unique, even though I haven't seen it in person, where did the black pearl come from? The black mother of pearl dial. It's such a unique, like, I don't want to say it's like a flex move, but like, I mean, oh my goodness, it, it works. Like I, I've seen the pictures of it and it, oh. it works so good. And like I, I, the blue, don't get me wrong. The blue dial is gorgeous. That thing photographs mm. amazingly. It's got such a, a light and, and dark radiation and, and Buzz's point about the turquoise is completely true. But like black mother of pearl, like that is a bold choice, my friend. I'm like, how how am I gonna top? How am I gonna top that dial with the next watch? Um, <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> so um, the first watch was actually blue pearl. Ooh, but I, yeah, which was really interesting. But from a design perspective, you you're you know you can't see certain things because the the reflect, reflection is so bright. Um, you can't you can't see your indices sometimes because the blue sort of depending on the way that you're holding it um, just goes silver and and then I, I spoke to my new manufacturer and I was like can you do a black pearl and he was like yeah yeah and he sent me the renders and I was like yeah that looks good let's try a sample and I got it and I was like whoa this is <laughs> it was it was a real surprise at how good it looked um, you know so I, I know that the watch has appeared on some reviews where people have said it looks like um, dried paper or cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would say that that was maybe because of the lighting. I don't know, but um, if you've ever seen the, the dial, it's phenomenal. It, it, the texture of the light plays across the texture beautifully, and it's deep, deep, deep black until it hits the light. Uh, it's it's great. It's really, really good. We actually toned it down for the photography in the Kickstarter. Oh wow! By the way, slightly because it was it. We didn't want to give the wrong impression. Mm -hmm. We didn't want to like oversell it. I mean, the Kickstarter was. I've had people say that some of the photos look like renders. Um, oh, wow! <laughs> I took all the photograph photography. Um, <laughs> I was very specific about doing it, but um, the watch just photographs in certain like lighting really beautifully. It just looks it's like extremely good to photograph. So the black pearl was very, very difficult to photograph. Um, but when you hit it right, it's just, it's magic. It's really, really good. So anyone who, who has ordered the black, the black pearl dial is just going to be blown away when they see it. Yeah. Right. 
I, I, I would, uh, yeah, so we've, we've got the Bathurst blue, but yeah, that, that black pearl just, just looks incredible. And, um, how, how much of a, uh, uh, a benefit is your your artistry background to you when you're making these calls um it's it's difficult to say because you know i can i can do designs and stuff and then people i'm also colorblind so, <laughs> so, so probably probably not that good <laughs> so um you know, when I do art, I, I, I see everything with shades of green anyway. Like when I look at asphalt, it looks green. I've got those color correcting sunglasses um, from the States and I realized how, <laughs> how, terrible, how terribly colorblind I actually am. Um, so uh, look, it does come in handy. It's a different kind of design to art, um, but I'm quite precise. I've grown up being an artist that's quite precise for things. I did a lot of, um, you know, two meter tall um, body studies and things like that. So uh, there was a lot of precision. I think that pays off in the design of, of a watch and balance. You know, when you're working on a, on a painting or something, you have to have balance in the painting. Otherwise, one side is too heavy. I think something that's really important with doing a watch is to get the balance right. You know, the hands have to be a certain size. And, you know, every, every hand um, has a function not only telling the time, but you know the minute hand is exactly in line with the minute track. The hour hand hits the um, the three six nine indices exactly. Um, the second hand runs along the outside ring on the, in, the inside of the outside ring of the, of the second track. So it's mm -hmm. you know everything is precise. I've tried to make it precise. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's that's a heck of a detail. I mean. I'm obviously no one can tell at home but i'm looking <laughs> at the dial right now and that yeah. is absolutely true it's funny uh when you're talking about balance one of the things um when i was first looking at at the kickstarter how uh, how lucky is uh, it that the name of the ama divers is perfectly balanced uh, <laughs> i mean that's it's like it's like it's meant to go on a dial, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, when I was designing it, I was like, Hmm, I'd, it's going to look weird if I, if I do it like capital A, small M, small A. And mm -hmm. so everything is, everything's about balance. And I think like when you do, when things are out of balance, people can look at it and, and it's a feeling they might not know what's, what's not right, but they feel it, you know? Um, yeah. So I'm, it's been like a super wild ride getting to this point. Um, and now we're in the point, we're at the point where next week we're going to be sending surveys out for the dial and the, um, the stretch goals, you know, uh, for the choice of those. And then we go into production. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's really exciting. I'm designing the second model as we speak. Awesome. Um, we're trying to get that prototyped immediately. Yeah. I was going to ask, what, what, go ahead, uh, Evan, do you have something? No, I was gonna say that's uh, that's exciting yeah. that you're uh, already working on the second prototype. I say I was mm -hmm. gonna ask. Um, maybe we'll save it here for for kind of our, our closing because we'll get back to watches then. Um, you have a, another interesting background in that you've worked on some some television shows and some productions that uh, 
some of our listeners may have uh, may have heard of, uh, which is I think wholly unique. That not only do you have a a you know a design background and you're, and you're working on these watches, but you've also been directed by Ridley Scott, who did the Alien franchise. You've been on uh, on Black Sails. Um, it's it's you and I know Everett mentioned this too. It's like it's it's not every day we get to talk to a watch company owner who also has a fairly lengthy IMDb profile. Um, so um, why don't why don't you tell some of the listeners uh, some of the things they may have seen you in already? Because even though this is an audio medium, they may be like that voice kind of sounds familiar. It's like I wonder what, why do I do I know that voice from somewhere? It's like you you might have actually seen Brett on TV in your home. <laughs> I was actually like, uh, bef- you know, because I screwed up the timing, because you guys have got daylight savings, I, I was going to go and watch this show that I've been doing, but, but then I realized I've got an audition tomorrow. So I've been going over my lines. <laughs> but um, yeah, but the weird thing is, it's like I'm, I'll, I'll meet people or, or I'll be introduced and people go, oh, oh Brett's an actor. And they'll go, oh, have I seen you in anything? And I go, oh, have you seen um, Raised by Wolves? No, no, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I've, never, I've never been recognized ever. It's like, so I, yeah, I mean, I, I studied in Australia in 2000 to 2002, and I came back to South Africa and I immediately started working. And then I went back to Australia thinking I was going to start my like film career. And it took me two and a half years. I was there for another three years with my son and it took me two and a bit years to get an agent. Like no one would talk to me. Um, and then I got an agent and I was about to break into this huge series that's shot over there called Underbelly. And and I couldn't. I, I didn't have the money to live and su- support my son. I had to take a job as a travel agent. So I, I sort of like missed out on my opportunity there. And then I came back here and I started working again. And film and TV started coming here from the States because we've got a really good, really good um, uh, film and TV set up here. Like we've got the biggest studio in the Southern Hemisphere that just keeps getting expanding and expanding. You know, we, we shot Black Sails here, Outlander, Homeland, Raised by Wolves with Ridley Scott, loads of films. Lo- you know, I mean, I've got so many horrific stories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to a podcast called Dead Eyes at the moment about an actor who got fired from Band of Brothers by Tom uh, Tom Hanks because he oh, had wow. dead eyes, and um, and every time he talks about something, I'm like, oh yeah, totally. I I, I also got fired. <laughs> you know, I did the pilot and then they fired me, or they I you know they just don't call you, or um, it's a weird industry. And you, what's interesting is uh, you have no job security. At all. That's all I do. I'm just an actor. So there's no job security. So you tend to like become okay with that and you tend to become okay with rejection and stuff like that. So um, I'm okay with starting a watch brand because it feels like an extension of my lack of security. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love it. I mean, I really, uh, you know, it's a weird industry and you you learn a lot about yourself as a person, both um, from a learning point of view, from an emotional point of view, uh, how to, it, it's like a, a 10 year crash course in psychology. Oh, you know, you just, mm-hmm. you just keep growing and there's no such thing as um, instant success. It's like anyone who's like suddenly famous has been working for like 15, 20 years already. So it's, it's, quite, um, it's quite intense. 
and it's really boring sometimes. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you stand around a lot of the time or you sit in your trailer for like five hours and then they call you and then you do, you've you got to wait for the camera to set up and, and they're trying to focus on you and you stand there and they're, okay, light, okay, we're ready, okay. And action. And then you do your thing. Oh, thanks so much for coming. And then that's it. <laughs> it's, like, it's quite a strange, a strange thing to do. But I love it. It's, I love playing different characters. And I always, um, you know, in, in, in Cape Town, I don't do South African film and TV. I do American, British. So I've learned seven pages of ancient Latin for one role. No for Discovery Channel, I think it was just Discovery or National Geographic, which was like amazing. It was about Vesuvius erupting. Um, that was incredible. I've done um, West Country English. I do American all the time. Uh, you know, and my fr a friend of mine who's also an actor, we want to actually start a podcast about, because uh, we sometimes do impressions about famous people in awkward situations, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> so, I don't know. I think it might be a bit moderated. Yeah, I was, you know, so, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fun, fun thing to do. You know, we're coming up with the, uh, I did a play this year and last year, and now we're, we're actually turning it into a, uh, a limited series. So hopefully that's gonna, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, if you want to see a South African film, uh, there's a movie that's won loads of awards. It's a friend of mine's first time film. It's called Fried Barry. Okay. It's it's super weird. Like <laughs> it's it's I it's great and it's super weird at the same time. And it's got about every every Cape Town actor in it because he pulled all of us into work for it. Uh so it's yeah, it's pretty out there. Let's to check it pretty out. Cool. I mean, I I like weird stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so. It's kind of like pop art David meets David Lynch meets sci-fi kind of it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah, sign me up. Yeah, it, <laughs> it it is. It's funny uh, the the sort of things that you pick up on when when you 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 watch something that you normally wouldn't. So like, I mean, obviously you're in Cape Town right now, but but you said you you try to get your start in Australia. Um, my wife and I have watched Instant Hotel, uh, which is a reality series <laughs> from Australia where where it's uh, people's going to each other's uh, Airbnbs, essentially. And it's entertaining, but it's it's really, it's the small differences um, that, that crack me up, right? They, um, mm -hmm. you know, talking about sausage dogs versus uh, dachshunds, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sausage dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the Bondi Beach. That's the, the big uh, beach resort town. Yeah, I live there. I live there. Nice. Twice, yeah. twice actually. <laughs> uh, it's just so fun that you can be entertained, but also just kind of go out of your, your normal sphere. Um, yeah. And just pick, pick up things that are, that are interesting. It's, it's quite weird in Australia. They call the color maroon maroon. What? <laughs> I don't know. It's like so weird. Mar huh. It's called maroon. <laughs> Hey, okay. <laughs> so strange. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's it's quite a strange country. I, I love it, but it's quite odd. Yeah, mm. it, it sounds like an incredible place. Uh, you know, any 
any place where essentially just about any animal can kill you. I mean, it's that's that's wild. <laughs> every, every animal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's um, yeah. They, they had a they've got a, a, a spider called the funnel web spider in Sydney where I was living, and that thing can bite through boot leather. Oh, Jesus, what? Yeah, <laughs> man, it's like it's crazy. My dad was chased across a paddock by a, a king brown snake, which is one of the, I think, one of the top ten deadliest snakes in the world. When he was like living in Australia, it's yeah. that place is out to get you. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> yeah. that's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a crazy, crazy place. You know, <laughs> mm. I don't know. So we've got to but, ask um, you. Go yeah. ahead. Actually, no, 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 no. The thing I was going to ask you, you mentioned you're working on it. You're rebuilding a suspension on a muscle car, um, yeah. which a couple of us are car nuts here. What, uh, what are you rebuilding the suspension on? I, I'm a Mopar guy. Okay. So um, I have an Australian Valiant Charger. Ooh. Okay. So, so that was a fastback two-door from 1972 that put out 300 horsepower from a straight six. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it was like naught to sixty miles per hour in six seconds. It was it was built for racing. Yeah. Uh, so I'm rebuilding that. I'm I'm rebuilding a. a it's got a Hemi two six five, which was an Australian Hemi engines upright six mm-hmm. cylinder, and um, and I'm changing it from torsion bar to coilover suspension, and I've worked the geometry, but I'm also going to put an IRS independent rear suspension in that I'm gonna, I'm working on. Oh wow. So. Those, yeah, are, those are some big changes. I, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm going to get it right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't. But know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Enough takes good work. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. I say we, yeah, we do so, have the. Yeah. Go ahead. You guys have all the muscle cars, though. Well, we do. Um, I I recently acquired uh, from my grandpa, who is a listener. He has a car that was almost my first car, and now it actually resides at my house. I still consider it his car, even though it is now mine. I've got, a, and it's a birth year car. So some people do birth year watches. I have a birth year '86 Corvette um, that literally was a part of my childhood because I grew up next door to my grandparents, my mom's parents. Um, it was almost my first car. Thank God it wasn't. Um, when I turned 16. Um, it's obviously it's in fabulous shape. I know the person who's owned it for the last 30 years. So that, uh, that helped. Um, and I just, I actually took it out this morning, ran great. I, I take it on the Saturday and Sunday morning coffee runs. Um, now that we're, uh, now that we've got it. And then another, uh, fun connection, the, the car that I, when I'm not driving my wife's car, since we're all essentially driving together with quarantine, we drive my wife's car a lot cause it's the SUV and it has the car seats. Mine has the travel car seats, which are a lot smaller and less comfortable for the kids. Um, but my car actually, it's a Chevy, but it was imported from Australia. So I actually- A Monaro. Drive, uh, I drive, yeah, I drive uh, a Holden, Holden Commodore. A Holden Commodore. Oh, you drive actually. a Commodore? I drive a Commodore. So I, no have, <laughs> I have a 2016, it, here it's called just the SS, but it's got the, the LT, or sorry, the LS3 V8 in it from an old Corvette. Yeah. It looks it looks like just a regular black sedan, but oh man, like my neighbors have all asked, like, "Hey, what'd you do to your car? What exhaust did you?" It's like stock, stock. They shipped it in from Australia, but it's stock. It's oh yeah, I, I love that car. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, the Commodores are great. Like oh, the, like the, the the early nineties ones. Um, when I was there in like two thousand, like everyone I knew had like the early nineties Commodores with a big V eight. Oh yeah, you know, they like they love them. Yeah. 
Yeah. There, it's such a sleeper car. Such a sleeper yeah. car. Yeah. <laughs> sleepers, I love sleepers. Sleepers are the best. They, they you really know. are. Mm. <laughs> what about you guys? So, um, my dad has a uh, 1966 Ford Mustang coupe. It's, it's more, so it was originally bought by his, his aunt, uh, out in, in California. So it's, it's got the, uh, 200 cubic inch straight six and, uh, a three speed auto, uh, his aunt bought it new. And then, um, when my dad was like early twenties, he, he went out on a road trip to help move his, his sister you know, my, my aunt and uncle, right, to, to Colorado. But then he kept on going uh, to California, bought it off of my aunt and drove drove that back. So it's like, nice. uh, you know, not just not just a car, but a road trip story, uh, too, all, all together. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, and that was the one that I drove, um, you know, when, when I lived at home, uh, all during the the summer and it's funny because he's he's had the engine rebuilt and um you know just kind of uh kind of got it cleaned up now but it was a little rougher when i uh, drove it which is good i, I yeah and there's no 16 year old boy that should have anything nice you know <laughs> no yeah <laughs> uh, we 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 only get our licenses here when we're 18 we're not allowed oh, wow. to drive. Yeah, yeah, which is it's probably a good thing. It's like yeah, I mean, fair. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. yeah. It it uh, it's a it's an old friend. That's for sure. It's a it's a great vehicle. Uh, my my daily driver though is uh, um somewhat different, but kind of not. I guess uh, I've got a, a Mazda Miata. Uh, the the NC uh, years, so it's a uh, 2012. Um, nice. And I, yeah, I, I adore it. I used to drive like 40 minutes into to work every day, and I, I drove in in my Miata, and it would snow. Didn't matter. I bought snow tires on a separate set of rims, changed them on uh, on the driveway, and I would because I. I grew up in northern Ohio, right on the lake, right on Lake Erie. So we got a ton of snow. I know how to drive in it pretty decently. Down here, it gets cold and it will snow, but it's not as much. And so, yeah, you have good tires and it, it gets around just just fine. And it's it's always uh, funny to to be driving it and you know, see, see trucks and SUVs uh, spun off into the ditch and, <laughs> and making your merry way in this uh, tiny bathtub of a car, you know? Yeah, they're great little cars. Yeah, I I love mine. I, I really do. I, that's one that uh, can have for a long, long time. Yeah, well, uh, speaking of little cars, and of course, I'm going to preface all of this with saying that I am probably the most, you know, not knowledgeable car person of this group. I mean, some of these terminologies you guys are throwing out are uh, about as foreign to me as that uh, Latin you had to learn, Brett, uh, for your role. Um, but uh, yeah, speaking of little cars, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll talk about mine here. Uh, but it's uh, a Mazda 2, so I'm with uh, 
with Buzz here with the uh, the Mazdas. Uh, and when I first got it, I'm like, I of course I was going for cheap because you know I'm not a car person, just cheap, give me around, that's my thing. Um, and I was looking around for like information on it, and I could not really find that much on it. Um, and it turns out it's not really that popular here in the states, um, but it is really popular overseas, especially <laughs> in Europe. Yeah. And um, I'm like, you know, that's that's good, I guess. I don't know. Um, but the cool car that our family does have is uh, my mom has an 06, I believe, um, Pontiac Solstice. Um, I believe it's the SS model. So I guess it's the uh, the higher tiered model. And I've driven it a few times. And I will say that car, of the cars that I've driven, it, it can giddy up. <laughs> it is it is something. Um yeah, super small. I mean, it's low to the ground. I've never ridden a car before where you like you hit like a like a rock, like a pebble, and you feel the whole car shake. Um, <laughs> so the suspension's on. It's probably not the best, but it, it's a fast car. And um, because this is coming from a not car guy, um, I, I like that car. I dig that car. Nice. What, yeah, I was yeah. just like, like I'm so blown away when I was in the states in like 2018 in Reno. Like the trucks that you guys have, yeah. like <laughs> astound me. <laughs> like I'm just like, where does this thing? How do you fit this thing in your garage? Where does it go? I mean, they're they're so big. They're as big as our some of our buses, our small oh, buses. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that you know, that we've is... got those like nice European buses, the little ones yeah. and uh, the super modern ones, and uh, you see like an F three fifty or they're just like ginormous. Yeah, you know, we uh, we upgraded our yeah. kid hauler recently, and we have a a Ford Expedition, which is essentially. I mean, it's not as big as an F three fifty by any means, but there was the test of can it fit in the garage. So I, you bring it home and you line it up and you pull it in and you see and it it fits just, but it does. I mean, it's it's to the point where so our our like we have individual doors for our garage, so that once you mm. get inside, it's fine. But there's a brick stanchion that you have to get this thing through. And thank goodness it has the auto folding mirrors, because if it didn't, you'd be rolling down the windows and tucking them in. And that, But the thing is, is once you get in, you need to know that you're straight. And the only way to do that is to pop them back out and see how, like, I'm literally looking in the rearview mirrors on both sides, the wing mirrors, to see the gap between the body of the car and the I'm looking for that little bit of light on both sides to make sure it's even. <laughs> Do you, do you have the tennis ball thing going on? Uh, we tried a sandbag and I couldn't get to work, but no, the tennis ball thing would be th actually the, the funnier thing. Uh, again, my, my grandparents, my grandma for the longest time has driven a Lincoln town car. Oh, which wow. Has, it, and that's a, it's a, you're in the very middle of that car, but it's a very long car. Um, and uh, most of them for the longest, I don't know. I think, I think the most recent one that they have has it too. I mean, they haven't made the town car in a while now. They discontinued it, but it has the hood ornament that sticks up like the old school Mercedes and Lincoln's yeah. Cadillac of old. And now they don't have a tennis ball. My grandma for the longest time uh, has taught baton, twirled a baton. So the, the, you know, what you see the, the folks do with the, I, I don't know how to describe like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's a part, but so she took one of the rubber tips off of one of them and that's on a string and that's what she um, hits that's with a baton tip, not a tennis ball. It's the same concept, but yeah, I mean, we, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I literally have to make sure that I don't hit the wall in front of the car. So I actually, when I nudge the strap on my leaf blower that's hanging in front of it, I know I'm in. <laughs> I, I, I've got a, um, uh, so I, I, I'm in a parking area cause I live in an, in an apartment. So I know when I'm in, when I hit my motorcycle in front of me, 
yeah there's that so i know i know we've we've gotten just over the hour mark and i know we don't want to keep you too long since it's getting later there than it is here uh, it's mid-afternoon here in ohio but you're talking about designing the next prototype I, we have to ask yes the kickstarter was obviously very 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 successful for you all which you know we, we've yeah. had a chance to handle the product it's a great watch um what, what you've you. got going on fantastic design love the color of the one we've got the black pearl like we said looks amazing finish the case is great your bezel's fantastic um great news on the upgraded loom that's exciting beads of rice supremely comfortable great fit where does albany watch go next so without giving it away um we 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 want to um you know my my business partner who has worked in the luxury brand world and is also a designer and, and stuff like that who wants to remain the co-pilot and out of the public view mm-hmm. um you know he and i have been discussing it and we do want to retain design elements because we want the watches to be a family at least for the first three models mm-hmm. um you know i think i think that's why i was very excited about the laurier because the laurier they do that very well you know mm-hmm. um they, as soon as you see one you know what it is mm-hmm. you know it's uh we're, we're trying to think long term with with uh, with the brand so while you know i've redesigned the case shape for it uh we're also going 38 millimeters Ooh. which will be nice the next watch will be using an uh hopefully a Celita sw200 but i'm trying to see if they do a no date version okay i don't i don't know if they do i've you know i've uh, in fact one of my older uh prototypes for for the armor actually has a Salita movement. They're they're just like dependable and great, good mm-hmm. Swiss movement. Um, you know uh, uh, what I wanted to say about the armor is it's got the Miyota 9039, which fits perfectly with the Japanese theme. Mm-hmm. So so all these things are like little little things that I'm want to keep an eye on. You know uh, you know I want to use a movement if there's a, a European story to the watch. I want to use a European movement or a Swiss movement. Uh, the story to the watch is like phenomenal. It's uh, it's based on a uh, an Arctic explorer who's just like total badass. <laughs> he was like, like you know, he fought Nazis. He won an Oscar. He answered the sixty four thousand dollar question. He cut himself out of, out of an ice cave with his own frozen waist. He yeah, he he was just like yeah. I mean, I don't need to say too much. He was he was quite an incredible person, um, and and. I, I think he's a lesser known adventurer. So I have a couple of, I mean, I'm thinking further down the, down the line, I've got a GMT that I'm working on as well. Um, Love which is, uh, yeah, sort of an aviation based GMT because okay. the story is about pilots. Uh, there's another incredible, um, story that I want to apply to the watches about a blind guy who he was a blind Marine in the 1800s who basically, traversed Russia and, you know, fought, fought the slave trade. And I mean, he was blind, you know, alone. He did this all alone. He was incredible stories. So, um, you know, for me, what's really interesting about the watches are the stories behind them, you know? So it's, um, it's, it's that combination that really makes me feel really passionate about it. So, so I haven't told you anything about the watch. Actually. No, you haven't, but now I'm very intrigued. <laughs> I am so intrigued now that like, I can't yeah. wait to see what you're coming up. And, and to be uh, honest, I, I love that each of the ideas has a story behind it. 
yeah. because it, yeah. it, it makes sense with what you've done with the Ama Diver. And, you know, that, like you said, with the first three models, you want them to be a family. If they didn't all have a unique story on what inspired them, then, then like, that's an, another level of cohesion. It's like the stories may not be related, but the fact that they all have stories about these lesser known adventurers, it's, you've got, you've got your brand identity right there. And that is, yeah. That I think is what will make people recognize Albany watches as, as you continue to move forward. So that's, that's actually, really I hope exciting. so. I hope it's something a little bit different, you know, that, that people can connect to, um, you know, because watches, their essence is that they are tools, but they are all aspirational pieces. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's what they're about. Like people buy dive watches because they look cool and the bezel action and all that, but it's also like, it's that association to diving. It's, um, mm -hmm. You know, you buy a, a sports car. It's the associ association to racing. It's uh, it's that kind of kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't answered your question at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's that. You know something? I, th th to be honest, you answered it in probably the perfect way because that way we'll say, you know, obviously keep an eye out for what comes next because we were, you know, yeah. the two of us who have had a chance to see it, very impressed with uh, with the prototypes you've been sending around, and uh, I'm looking forward to see what comes next from you and your business partner. Um, obviously best of luck on your audition tomorrow. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, thank you. Uh, and then, um, he's, he's yeah. a super creep by the way. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's so creepy. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and it's, what's weird is that makes me excited. <laughs> That's the kind of character you want to play, the creepiest person alive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those, are the, those are the memorable ones though, right? I mean, that's exactly, that's kind of, that's kind of the thing. Um, yeah. No, Brett, we, we really, yeah, go ahead, Buzz. I mean, something like that's hard to do, right? So yeah. not only is the character memorable, but it's a challenge. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it is. I mean, you, you don't want things like that to be surface level. You know, mm -hmm. you have to, like when people play really bad characters and they play them well, they really have to go to like quite dark places. I mean, I'm just doing an audition, so I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to. Like, I'm not going to take weeks to delve into the subconscious of this the character that I want to, I would create with the writing, but, um, but it's fun when you do, you know, it's, and it's an intuitive thing. It's like, it's fun. It's, you know, you're having fun. So I'm not a method actor. Um, you know, I don't have to like suffer for my art. I, I, <laughs> when they say cut, I can like, cool, let's go have a coffee. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't have to stay in character all day, but, um, but I really enjoy it. And, and, uh, I'm looking forward to doing that. I hope I get it. So thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. We, we wish you the best of luck. We're looking forward to seeing what you come next. Where can folks find you on the socials and on the website for, for the company? Cool. If you guys want to check out our social media page, it's Albany watch co on Instagram. That's at Albany watch co. Uh, we have a Facebook page as well, Albany Watch Co., Albany Watches on Facebook. Our website is a landing page, which takes you to our Kickstarter at the moment. That's albanywatches.com. Perfect. That is great. Yeah. Obviously, uh, it, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for letting us uh, hang out with the watch for a bit. And uh, really looking forward to uh, to seeing these things in the wild once people start, once they start landing on wrists and seeing what you come up with next. I can't wait for that. I really can't. I'd like, yeah, I'm so excited. And thank you. It's like, it's been a real pleasure, like uh, getting to know you guys and, and like 
seeing you, you know, face to face. Oh, so yeah, so yeah, so yeah exactly. Instead of me. just DM yeah. on Instagram, yeah, no, it's it's fun yeah. to put names with. It's fun to actually see people. Um, it's it's been yeah. uh, especially since we can't, you know, go out and socialize in large groups right now, um, given the environment safely. So, um, it's it's always just it's it's great to to meet new people through this hobby. It's it's great to see people doing exciting things. Um, and you know, obviously we're, we're very excited to see, uh, what comes next for you, um, and the company. And then obviously maybe we'll see you sometime, uh, on, on, I'm gesturing over here because my TV is to, is to my, oh. uh, my right over here uh, so <laughs> in the basement that I'm in right now. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll see you turn up in, in some more places. And, uh, you know, obviously, um, when we get to see, uh, the, the new models and the GMT, we always say that we're, we we plan on having people back, but it's because everybody's been so nice and great to get to know, and they're doing exciting things. So yes, when you're when you're looking at your next model, happy to have you back on it and, and talk again. Maybe you'll have your independent suspension in the uh, in the challenge or the charger at that point. That'll be another I thing to talk so. about. I want to see where that's going. <laughs> so, um, anyway. thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, really, really so cool to meet you guys. Yep, great meeting you too, and uh, everyone have a good one. We'll catch you all next week. See ya. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We are enthusiasts, not experts, so don't at us. But you can find us on Instagram at whiskey.and.watches.com dot podcast also visit our website at zeitzwatches.com zeitz is spelled z-e-i-t-z 